Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B podcast, brought to you by Lead Forensics. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is the audio taken from a previous webinar we ran, titled Building Rapport. And you're not actually going to be hearing my voice throughout this, but rather the voices of Tyler Witt, previous guest of Essential B2B and sales evangelist for Lead Forensics, and Gary Gower, partner development manager for Lead Forensics. There's a lot of great stuff to take away from this webinar. You're really, really going to enjoy this one. So please enjoy this episode of the Essential B2B podcast. I guess to kick things off, since we're going to be talking about rapport, how was your weekend, Tyler? <laughs> it was good, Gary. I had a good weekend. Got a lot done, and uh, we're doing the remodel side, so we're not moving, but <clears throat> a lot of stress, but eh, what's living if you don't have some stress to it? Definitely do not envy that, but let's yeah. jump into things. <laughs> And I guess probably the, the best place to start. What is rapport to you? I guess it is a good place to start. So I guess for me, the best way to think of rapport is just to think of a connection, right? So uh, I suppose people that feel connected, they just tend to trust each other and are ultimately going to share a bit more. For me personally, I think of rapport as someone genuinely enjoying speaking with me. Do they trust me? They value my input and let's hope that maybe even a little bit of respect in there, right? But honestly, I think, I don't know, maybe it's much simpler than that and they just like me. So obviously, I guess obviously this is something you are gonna build throughout the entire process from the cold call to discovery, to solution all the way through, hopefully them becoming a customer. I guess it's not about simple rapport section of your intro, but that said, this is ultimately what we're talking about today is like, how can we start that off on the right foot, right? So how can we get the right starting point so that we build that rapport fast? And once it is built, then it is vital to maintain it. Why is it so important to build rapport fast? Good question. Again, I'd say two reasons, right? So number one, people that like you tend to buy from you, right? So there's a classic saying in sales that all things being equal, people buy from people they like and all things being unequal, still buy from people they like, right? So if we think about that, the simple act of people liking you actually increases your odds of getting the sale. So things like price, product, even economic wins are all almost out of the salesperson's hands, right? So those are something we as salespeople can't control, but we absolutely can control how we make a person feel. And those salespeople, right? The ones that make someone feel good are always going to have a leg up on even the most knowledgeable salesperson they're up against. This is why anybody that you know knows me or reads anything that I've published, it's why I have charm as my number one rule of sales, right? So that's number one. But I guess secondly, if build rapport, break resistance, right? So a lot of people would have heard this notated as like BRBR. BR. So basically in sales, Gary, you're going to be asking a lot from people. You're going to ask for time, introduction, information, I guess ultimately money. And anyone that has ever gotten the, let's just move on, right? We've all had that dreaded like, oh, it's great, Gary, let's just move on. During discovery knows exactly what I mean here about that resistance, right? So they just simply hadn't, right? Or we just simply hadn't built rapport. So that prospect keeps their guard up and high. This friction will last through the entire process if you don't win them over fast. It's hard to see a sale coming from someone that isn't even willing to engage with basic conversation with you at the get-go. 
Oh, absolutely. And we've all unfortunately been on the other side of trying to buy from someone that we didn't like, and it's very painful. Sometimes it can even bring up competitors when you maybe have not have thought of others up yeah. until that point. This is an interesting one, but there's been a lot of talk in recent years about relationship and it being out of style. Most notably, the challenger sale says that the relationship salesperson is the least effective. Do you think that's true? No, I don't. Not even in the slightest. Look, I could go into the flaws in some of the challengers, salesperson, right? That like perfect combination of all these other characters. But suffice it to say, relationship is never a bad thing. It just, I guess the important comment for me to make would be, there's a huge difference between a relationship you're going to have with say your family, right? Your loved ones, your family, your closest friends, all that. And the relationship you're going to have with a prospect or a client. I had a coach early on, one of my sales coaches early on asked me how many, you know, of your clients, right? So how many of your current past clients, whatever, have ever sent you a Christmas card? How many of them have called you on your birthday? How many did I invite to my wedding? And the answer is none. None. That just doesn't happen. I'm sure. And you and I were talking about this a while ago, right? Of course, we've gotten thank you cards. I've definitely gotten thank you cards. I've sent thank you cards. But there's a big difference there. And we want to respect those boundaries. Now, what is true is that just like any relationship, trust, communication, and respect, they are paramount to success. So it's not about making friends. It's about earning and giving trust and, like I would say, hopefully respect, right? But if you can solidify those with the prospect, now you're setting yourself up for a very successful process overall. Yeah, it's crazy because I actually re remember the first time I got a thank you card from somebody that I signed up for a very large contract. And <laughs> let me tell you, it was not the easiest of processes. There was a lot of technical hurdles that we had to overcome, but we ended up coming to an agreement and they came on board as a really solid partner. But I got a thank you card and I was confused why. So I reached out and was like, hey, what was this for? And he was like, dude, that was a major process, but I'm so glad I got to do it with you. I don't think we would have been able to accomplish this if me and you oh, didn't yeah. get along so well. And it was really enlightening to see the power and the strength of what a really good relationship can be, even in times of stress and difficulty. Now that we've established that rapport is important, obviously, what are some of the basic steps that teach and coach to build great rapport quickly? Yeah, first of all, congrats on that thank you card. Those are always big deals, right? Remember those for the rest yeah. of our lives. First and foremost, it's prep, right? So I think the number one thing that I'm coaching salespeople as they come in, they start getting on the phone, it's just that prep, right? So do your homework before a call, know who you're talking to, but be prepared. Just like for every part of the sales process, rapport and in that first impression piece, you do want to prepare for that as well. So what kind of stuff can you prep for then? Yeah, I mean, I've always coached around five basic areas, right? So what this is what was taught to me. And honestly, I find it's a really easy place for people to get started. So the five basic areas are going to be, so location number one, <clears throat> it's like where are they located? Is it somewhere you've been? Is it somewhere you want to go? Maybe there's a school there that you're familiar with. Maybe, you know, where they went to school, someplace you're from or familiar with. Is that somewhere that interests you in some way? So location. Number two, family. Now, this is a careful one, Gary. <laughs> I'm not saying go to Facebook, stalk <laughs> these people. If they've got pictures of their family, but it's only on Facebook or some of these other more private sort of social media platforms, probably steer away from it, steer away from it. But there are a lot of people that are going to bring up their family on their business's website or on LinkedIn posts, right? So you see that a yeah. lot because it's an important part of maybe their motivator or who they are. Maybe it's a family-owned business even. 
So <clears throat> maybe you have a, somebody that's a proud parent and they're just posting pictures about it or whatever. Like, absolutely, that's all fair game. I saw, to interrupt for just a second because it was yeah. absolutely hilarious, I saw a VP of marketing on a client's website and it was a picture of their <laughs> pup. So I was yeah, like, I'm going to get the VP of marketing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And as a dog owner, like dogs are absolutely part of the family. So same with cats. I own a cat as well. So no hate there. But yeah, they're right there. Right. So, so family is a great one. And then you talk about that is the sports there. So sports, big part of a lot of people's lives, right? So maybe the town that they're in has a major sports team. Did they post something on their website or LinkedIn about sports? Did they go to school that has a big sports program, right? This actually is a big one for me because if I talk to somebody anywhere close to a big 10 school because I went to Iowa, I'm going to be bringing that up on a call, but we are going to be talking about, especially if they went to Ohio State, I'm going to be tell them how jealous I am <laughs> of what, of going to a school with a successful program. Yeah. Definitely have a little bit of envy there, right? So big one for me, right? And then I guess you got weather, right? So weather, this is a classic in my opinion. The weather is one of the easiest things in the world to talk about bar none. Right. People have been talking about weather for thousands of years. And I remember, and it's not just about, like, oh, hey, Gary, do you have weather? I've got weather. Oh, yeah. wow. Poor, right. <laughs> right. Like, but genuinely being interested. And I always think back, right. Cause people will give this one a hard time. But I remember when I was young, I'd go to the grocery store and go on a little tangent here, but I go to the grocery store with my grandma. I remember how easily she could talk to anyone about something so simple as the weather. And this is in the middle of summer when every day is just nice and sunny and this and that, right? It yeah. could have been, it could honestly be the most average, like just partly cloudy day. And my grandmother would strike up a conversation with the bagger at the grocery store. <laughs> 30 minutes later, they'd still be talking. She'd know about their family, their kids, and there's a pretty good chance they're, uh, going, coming over for Sunday dinner at the yeah. end of this, right? So don't underestimate the power of the weather as kind of a jumping. And then the one you brought up lastly is weekend, right? So if you truly can't think of something, Gary, talk about, right? How the was weekend? How was your weekend? So that's, that's the default, right? It's Monday or Tuesday. How was your weekend? Do anything fun. Tuesday or Thursday or Friday, weekend's almost here. Any plans for the weekend? So yeah, you got location, family, sports, weather, and weekend. And all of those are basically things you can prep before the call. So I'll throw in a sixth one there. And it's one of my personal favorites because as you know, I like food, but <laughs> I like to bring up food, especially if it's a midday meeting. It's, oh, what did you have for lunch? What are you having for lunch? This is what I had. If it's the end of the day. Oh, you got any dinner plans? What are you guys doing? Because it's really hard to find somebody that can be grumpy about food. But even if they are, you can use that as a jumping off point of, oh, have you ever tried Mediterranean food? Or I had a really nice curry last night. And it can just create dialogue. And you're now talking about something that's not business related. And yeah. that's where those opportunities to build rapport actually kind of come from. Yeah, and I think your point there that you're making is absolutely correct, right? As long as you're genuinely interested in anything, Right. And that's the real key. It's a genuine interest. Right. So even food or it can be anything. Right. Cars. Yeah. Just you name it. As long as you're genuinely interested in that topic, it's a good jump off for the conversation. Right. And it's again, we're talking about rapport analogous to the relationship and a good thing with any or a good reminder for any relationship. If you have to force it, that's not really a good sign. <laughs> right. So the worst thing you ever want to do is just talk to some talk about something that either you know nothing about or you truly don't care about because that's just going to sense that, right? If you take sports, for example, you may get on the phone talking to a partner not too long ago, 
out of LA. Right now, the big news around LA is the Super Bowl, right? The Rams yeah. winning the Super Bowl, all that. So I say congrats on the Super Bowl. And they, I wanted to congratulate them because they I had a picture online of them wearing one of the jerseys. So I gave the congratulations and it was very excited, yada, yada. But, right, it's a risk for me because I don't really know that much about football, right? So I know enough to give the congratulations, but if they come back and start talking about players, this, that, and the other, it is a gamble for me. So you want to be careful that you're only talking about something that you genuinely have interest or knowledge in. And again, they start talking about whatever it is. If you don't know something about it, don't fake it. We'll know that you're faking it. And if you're faking something, that's not a good start for relationship either. You don't want to think one thing only to find out later that they're another. So to, to your point is like, find something you truly are genuinely interested in. So my example, yep, gave the congrats on the Super Bowl. He said something, I literally didn't know these players, but I use it to pivot into college football because he'd gone to a school that was a rival where I went to school. So I was able to pivot that over to a successful one. Again, it's only if you have that genuine interest, it can really be about anything. Yeah, <laughs> to that point, I will probably never bring up or ask anyone about college basketball. There's just way too many things going on. I've never filled out a bracket <laughs> in my life. I, I would, if somebody started talking about that, I would be like a deer in the headlights. Um, uh, but yes, <laughs> I know the feeling, I know the feeling, but it's like you always say, one of your favorite expressions is uh, nobody cares how much, you know, until you, they know how much you care. Right. So again, yeah. that's that, the genuine interest in something about them or a topic. It does show through on the flip side of that. Then we've all had that moment on a sales call where someone's giving you very little or they're very guarded. Yeah. What do you recommend then? Yeah. I mean, it's honestly like. In my experience, it's very few and far between that you actually get somebody that just gives you nothing. Like, like a question you asked earlier, any plans for the weekend? And they say, nope, it's just like that, <laughs> right? That's pretty few and far between. As humans, we are social creatures. That's that's pretty taboo to just be that rude to somebody up front. And if they are, like, look, let's all be real. You can't sell everybody, right? <laughs> so you might just you may want to do a quick qualifier or two and move on with your life. But uh, yeah, typically they at least give you something, right? So typically they're going to say, no, not really. Just planning on relaxing or something like that. But Okay, that's something. Like, I'll take that. And the key there is just to listen. And again, we keep talking about this genuine sincerity, authenticity, but you have to genuinely want to listen to them. And if you do, people will always give you at least some sort of window that you can use. Even in that example, even the example there, they say, not really, just planning on relaxing. You could say something as simple as, oh, those are some of the best weekends, right? What do you do? Relax. Are you in Netflix? Are you booked? That kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, or ask some other follow-up about the weekend. I mean, if they if they do need to relax, maybe they had a busy week. If they, I don't know. Anyway, like I, I hesitate there because even that, even something as little as, oh, not really, just planning on relaxing. There's so many little windows there you could take that kind of open up. But again... You know, rapport isn't about making that friend. So I do want to be be mindful that I'm also showing trust and respect and all that. And so if they are saying, nope, I'm just relaxing. Oh, you busy week. Yeah, I've been super slammed all week. Look, I also want to respect that. And I probably don't want to disregard their, their time, right? If that's how they're feeling, then I can use that as simple, build some respect and trust right there by saying, oh, no worries at all. I know how that goes. Let me do this. Let's jump into this and let's see if I can get you some time back today right? That yeah. right there, I'm going to build some goodwill with that person. Yeah. And that could also be a building block for future conversations. Cause like you said, is rapport is something that you need to build quickly, yeah. but also through the entire process. So if you're continually being responsible 
and respectful to that person, the next time you connect, it's, hey, are you still slammed? Have you been able to get your head above water? Are you just treading water? And you're acknowledging yeah. that, lack of a better term, have compassion for the situation that they're in. And that's a huge way to build solid respect. But you yeah. said something there that kind of jumped out, windows. Can you help us understand what you meant by that? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So yeah, very simple, like a, a window is just an opening, right? So something <laughs> that allows something that allows for you to ask more questions, like maybe deeper conversation around. So you'll have them all throughout the sales call. You literally, you're going to hear windows from beginning of end of process. But it does all start during the intro while you're building rapport, right? Again, that all goes back into the listening. So let's say, for example, so we think about Windows, examples are effect, right? So yeah, you ask the prospect about their weekend. So the one we've been talking about here, it's the easiest jump off, good to use for this example here. So you ask them any big plans for the weekend and they respond with, yeah, actually I'm going to a wedding. So Gary, what's the window? The wedding. <laughs> the wedding, there you go. So that's it, right? You get asked them like, who's getting married? Where's the wedding? Don't have a conversation from there, right? Again, somebody says wedding to me, I think of a million different questions, a million different paths I can go by, and, and it's just a natural conversation from there. So that's it. That's a window to me. It's the opening. I'm going to listen for, and then they're going to go down that path. So is it just as simple as listening for that window and then following it up with a question? Yeah, good question, right? No, right? <laughs> so look, it all comes back to that. Are you genuinely interested in what they have to say? Right. So asking questions just to ask questions, no matter when it, or where or when it's done in the sales process, that's a recipe for disaster. So people don't feel hurt if that happens. And look, people can tell when you're being insincere, disingenuous. So the whole point for me isn't just to go through the motions. It is to show them that I'm interested, that, that I am interested in them and I do respect them and that I do want to ultimately help them and provide a solution. Right. And the easiest way to be interesting, interesting is to be interested. And the easiest way to get respect is to show respect. So it's like they always say, like we were talking before, and it just keeps coming back to that, is like, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And you really do have to remember that during this rapport, is that it's not about you flexing your muscle, not about, oh yeah, I've been there, and I've heard it a million times where, you know, somebody talks about, oh yeah, no, I'm from this. Oh yeah, I've been there. It was awful. I ate this and I didn't like it. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right? It's not about you. It is about them throughout the entire process. So this is all really good advice and everything. This is a fun one. What do you do when there's multiple people on a call? Oh, panic, freeze up for a moment. No, I, ideally, look, like ideally speaking, you want to work the room, right? So we've all seen comedians, like professional speakers, this and that, like really work that room. Um, but it, that can be pretty trickful or tricky, right? Like the meaning, yeah. like you want to engage with each person in a meaningful way, but that's really hard to do. And especially if you're just starting out, right? If you're just started learning the basics of the rapport building, jumping into a call. So my advice there, is just learning how you're working on the report and just pick one person, right? So pick one person early on and direct your conversation, at least at first, towards them, right? This is typically easy to do as a real, so we're jumping on a Teams meeting or you're jumping on a Zoom meeting or whatever form you're using, right? So you jump on, there's typically gonna be one person that kind of stands out, right? Or maybe they come into the call early, maybe they're a bit more verbose, like this is a huge leg up. So you wanna watch for that and just basically pick them out and get a one-on-one -on -one moment and build rapport. 
right? So if you do that, if I go, oh, how was your weekend, Gary? Before everybody else joins in and we start building, what's going to happen is that conversation should grow from there. So, you, so I basically point the initial conversation at the one person and I'm letting other people chime in. And often companies, they're going to have their own clicks and they're going to have their culture and you can pick up on this and you're just orchestrating a bit of banter. Again, over time, those skill sets develop a bit more, but early on, just pick a person, start that conversation, and you're hoping that the company culture, and again, if the people on the call aren't getting along, you, your sales in trouble. <laughs> Those kind of cultures don't tend to move forward. Typically in a sales process, they're really difficult to, but typically you're going to find people have their own company culture, their own click, and by you engaging with one person, the rest will naturally follow on top of that. Yeah, and it always has traditionally been difficult in an inside sales role where you're on calls, old phone calls. But I think with actually the advent of video, it's really helped in a lot of instances because now you can actually see the person. You can yeah. then potentially engage with whoever's focused on, on your content the most, or maybe it's somebody that's drastically scribbling notes on something that you say, and you can use that as key off points to, again, focus on that one individual in the call. That's really good, yeah. But yeah, what are some other things someone can do to build rapport quickly? I guess a couple of things, like first and foremost, show up to the meeting early, right? If you're if you're on time, you're late, right? I don't care if they're late and you're going to find that a lot, right? Prospects, especially in the sales environment, they're going to show up late. They're going to, oh, sorry, I had this run over, blah, blah, blah. And I don't care if they can't manage their calendar. You have to demonstrate you can manage yours, right? And in five minutes is like plenty early. It does show them you're a pro and again, like, you can manage your calendar. If you have a meeting beforehand, I really don't care. It's your job to get out of that meeting and get on to the next on time. That's just common etiquette, in my opinion. I would say, and I think some people, if you truly are uncomfortable or truly have fatigue, don't. But I do personally believe turning on your camera if, when you're doing the Zoom, Teams, Google Me, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people do have the fatigue around this, but I do think it's important that people be able to see you. This was, I've done outside and inside sales, hands down, outside sales, it's just a bit easier. You've got a real human connection there. Inside was always challenging because you just have that phone, you just hang up. Although I do think we should bring in the hang up now it's just be flipping down your laptop either way it's a <laughs> i totally think that, uh, back to the I was saying a second ago i think the videos yeah. has helped us as salespeople. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that was one of the hardest things when i first started inside phone sales i'm not going to yeah. say how many years ago 15. it was conveying that excitement and you had to yeah. be so loud so rambunctious just to even have a fraction of that be conveyed through the telephone line now I can wave my hands, I can be all over the place in a video and, and yeah. actually make that connection with someone and they can connect with me. And I felt I've built some of the stronger relationships in my career through video yeah. chat. No, 100%. And I don't think they have to turn theirs on, right? That's their choice. But I, yes, I 100% agree with you. I do think from an inside sales rep's position, have that camera on, which kind of leads into one of the other things I was thinking there, which is like dressing sharp, right? Look, like it or not, your, your clothes, they do communicate volumes about who you are as a person, right? There's a really good bit by Tom Papa where people, they made choices. They put stuff back, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's not, and it's not, look, this isn't a fashion show. It's not whether you care about fashion, but it is more about what you're communicating. Even if it's in, unintentional or unconsciously, 
through those choices. The way I've always said it, coaching sales reps is the actor in the right costume moves and speaks differently, portrays it better. We are the same as salespeople. Your clothes do tell a story. So if you want to show that your work is clean, sharp, and to the point, I do think you need to dress sharp and press clothes as well. And then I think lastly, maybe here is smile. So the other thing I think of, I'm thinking back to the, it's funny, I'm, I was thinking back to some of the, just the, it was when I was an outside sales, some of the advice I'd get on greeting customers or prospects, but even when I moved to inside sales and smiling was a big one, right? So it can never be overstated, I think, how important a smile is. So people associate happiness with success and likability, right? People can hear that in your voice. And when they see you smile, especially when we're on camera, right? When they see you smile, they yeah. immediately do associate you with being happy and therefore successful, et cetera. I do think that's an immediate advantage when trying to build rapport. It's kind of the opposite of what happened the other night when we went out for dinner. The waitress walked up and she wasn't like frowning by any means, but she looked like that straight faced emoji, just can I take your order? Yeah. And our group walked in and we are you know, it's our group. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just like, killed the mood a little bit. Now, obviously we didn't let it last that long and we had her dying and five yeah. minutes into seating us, but it's very, it's crazy how quickly even something like that can impact a situation. Yeah. Anybody's ever been to like a really nice restaurant or whatever, they know this is different experience. So servers, they move, communicate differently. And as a server, like for every one customer you may lose because, oh, you're a little over the top. Maybe you tell these jokes that whatever, oh, I don't need that kind of stuff. For every one you lose, or a tip you, you may get diminished, I should say, because of it, you'll get 20 people that give you bigger tips. So yeah. absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of the, bring that personality immediately. So I guess to wrap things up, any last points that you'd like to make? Yeah, look at that. It has been almost a half hour. Yeah. I think the last thing is, and I was kind of thinking of it there where you're saying that example is that you do want to remember that the person like you are speaking to a person. And I mean that this is a good place to just, I guess, take a moment and remind everyone that we are not in the sales business. This is not the sales business. It is the people business. Yeah. You were never talking to Amazon or Microsoft or, you know, Betty's clothing apparel or Bob's burgers. <laughs> Great show, by the way. Right. You're not talking to those businesses, right? You are talking to a person. Hey, okay? you want to respect that person listen to their vocabulary, use it, mirror it. If they have pronouns posted online, use them. But it's easy to get ahead of your skis and look ahead, next step, right? Who's my DM? What obstacles am I gonna face here? Uh, but I try and be in the moment and connect with the person you're speaking to. So at the end of the day, that is to me, what rapport, again, we said earlier, but what rapport truly is, it's connecting with somebody. Once you've made that connection, I. The, I promise you, the rest will take care of itself. All great things and really appreciate you taking the time here. And I wish you all a fantastic rest of the week. Gary, thank you very much for hosting this.